0: well hey everyone athena dean holtz here and welcome to the all things podcast where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how god works all things together for good because he is always faithful and always good welcome to today's episode of the all things podcast i am super excited to introduce you to our special guest for our Veterans Day podcast for 2022. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Kathy lowry Gallowitz, USAF retired is our guest today and she served nearly 30 years in the Air Force as a nurse and public affairs officer. Her practice and perspectives are framed by master's degrees in nursing and political science. In response to 9-11, she designed and executed a never-been-done-before statewide outreach office for the Ohio National Guard to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. Well, Kathy, it is an absolute delight to have you on the All Things podcast. Welcome. Welcome to today's episode, which is airing uh, the day before Veterans Day this year. I'm just super excited to have you on.
1: Well, I am just pleased to be here. Thank you for taking interest and for you being a veteran champion and getting this important
0: message out. Amen. All right. So before we jump into hearing about some of the amazing ways that you have developed to have civilians participate more and just get beyond the, well, thanks so much for your service, which is a nice thing to say, but it doesn't actually require a whole lot of us and Mm -hmm. we could do a lot more. Mm -hmm. So before we get into that conversation, I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit more about whatever your favorite Romans 828 story is in your life of how God has taken a situation that looked bad, was bad, was a real struggle, but really brought good out of it. So share that with us today. Well, thanks for asking. uh, This
1: tells you a lot about me and, you know, may even be kind of hard for me to talk about. But so there's two kind of uh, events in my life where I think good came from struggle. First, as a child, my father was in the uh, in the navy, and he came home one day and said he had orders to move us to a small island in the North Atlantic Ocean. I had lived in one place now for seven years. Up till that point, moving every you know two to three years. So I was, I had the strongest sense of belonging I had ever known. And you know how important that is. I had friends. I, uh, I, I was comfortable. I was secure. And so I really did not want to go. But what ended up happening was I moved on one of the coldest days in January from a school where I was a varsity cheerleader in a class of 400. I'd just gotten my driver's license. I you know, had friends everywhere I went. It was just a wonderfully warm experience and ended up moving to and graduating from a school that was a Department of Defense school that had 30 people in the class. So I graduated from high school at Alfred T. Mahan High School in Keflavik, Iceland. Whoa! Whoa! that was really tough on a young woman who had just got her driver's license was super excited about being able to have some independence and drive and you know really felt like i was at the at the top of my game in high school right so you know good came from that in terms of you know more travel experiences and learning how to transition and cope and you know be independent have a more serious focus on life The other major event that was a a certainly a much larger struggle was in a marriage with a very angry, difficult person. And my desire to uphold my Christian values and my military values kept me in a situation that was harmful and destructive to me. And so I always questioned, gee, what, where is that stick-to-it-ness? it is that almost um, stubbornness to maybe accept failure? Or, um, you know, why am I so incredibly, um, why do I hold my Christian values and military values so strongly? I mean, it felt like I was um, maybe not seeing things as clearly as I needed to. And, uh, and so I started reflecting on, you know, the differences in military culture, the impact of, um, you know, kind of my thinking on, you know, moving every three to four years and being very independent. Um, and then, you know, one, one day I went to a, a, a funeral in a small town in the Midwest, and I was probably 40 years old. And I was like, wow, this is really different. I've never been to a funeral unless it was a grandparent, right? And so I started thinking again, okay, in the military, you're around a very young population. You move frequently, so you don't know the person down the street who has cancer, right? And um, and so these sort of awarenesses um, started making me think about some of the distinctions of military culture and how maybe my life had been kind of unique as compared to the per- the mainstream American, if you will. And so my eyes were opened and I uh, I adopted a different lens. And then, when I was um, a public affairs officer in the Ohio National Guard, I built a never been done before statewide outreach office to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. So I started to realize how little understanding civilians had for the military experience, number one, and number two how much really they appreciated and wanted to have practical ways to do more because nobody nobody taught them. There wasn't a a system, a process, a strategy in our country to really engage civilians in supporting people during military service and or after. So a lot of good things came from a, a unique lens, opening my eyes through some of my struggle and seeing, comparing kind of my experience to civilians, and then really, really fondly appreciating how much civilians really do care and want to do
0: more. Mm. So this whole ministry that you have, and God gave you to develop to really uh, bring that understanding to the civilian community came out of a struggle that was very difficult for you. And I see, I love how God does that, where he will take a struggle and a challenge and something you'd rather not go through and use it to help other people. And that's exactly what he did with you. I love that. That's what it's about at the
1: end of the day, right? Not wasting your suffering and helping others through their challenges.
0: Amen. So why? Why? is cultivating civilian veteran champions important? Because
1: in recent times, post 9-11 Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, 55% of them feel disconnected from mainstream America. And maybe even more importantly, 40% of them have difficulty finding meaning and purpose and getting in touch with their spirituality. And so, Post military transition is difficult because we lose our identity, we lose our sense of purpose, Mm. and we lose our camaraderie and our connections. So there's heavy, heavy losses that you know what anybody can really relate to, right? Those are universal feelings. But because military culture and mindset is different in a lot of ways from civilian mindset and culture, we feel isolated. And we feel frustrated. And so the more civilians that can understand, the better we can help not only post 9-11 veterans, but certainly all veterans from former conflict. Certainly our Vietnam veterans, our World War II veterans still struggle with many of their readjustment, reintegration things and the
0: aftermath, certainly, of war. So, do you think then that um, the lack of connection and community and purpose and all of that is kind of maybe the underlying piece that is the reason we see such high suicide rates in the veteran community? Now, I am a um a nurse, but
1: I'm not a counselor or behavior health provider. What I understand about suicide is that oftentimes, one of the risk factors is not having a sense of belonging and or feeling like you are a burden. Okay. And, you know, especially when in the military, we know that someone has our back. We know what our place is on the team. We know that the mission is more important than the individual, right? We are confident and secure in our roles and our purposes and we love you know uh executing our roles and serving others. And so when that is taken away and oh by the way you don't think somebody has your back. You you feel completely lost, right? Yeah. And and there's not necessarily um good understanding then then absolutely that that loss of connection mm-hmm. promotes isolation and leads us down sort of a a difficult trail.
0: Yeah. So, where do we need um, the veteran champions the most? Like, where do you see the greatest needs, and who do we need to emphasize educating? I believe it starts with
1: your starts with your neighbors next door. Okay, mm-hmm. being sensitive to those who are deploying, and helping the families left at home, keeping in touch with the deployed member. And or being on the lookout for people who are certainly within the first year of post-military transition. That's a real tough time, but it can, you know, it can linger on for three or, or plus years. So just being a kind neighbor and acting like a good friend would, and it, you know, being good to a, a new person in your community, that is super helpful. But um, I, I could prioritize and answer that question in this way. I recently heard a uh, presentation by a transition manager at the Veterans Administration and she was explaining that within the first year of post-military transition health care is the primary concern based on some survey results. Number two is employment okay mm-hmm. and based on my experience and my knowledge I would say engagement in the faith community is number three okay mm-hmm. So the civilian veteran champions that I think we need to cultivate are in this order. Number one, according to this VA study, healthcare providers. All right. So that our physicians, our behavioral health providers are culturally competent to, to understand their military client mindset. Right. All right. There's a huge gap there. So we can't. We can't rely only on the VA health system because unfortunately, many of our veterans do not seek health care at, at, at the VA, all right? So there are a lot of veterans who are getting health care from civilian physicians and behavioral health providers. And so there's, there's a lot of learning that occur there. Number two, we need our employers to understand the value of veteran talent to have specific strategies in place to interview, to review resumes, to assimilate on board and retain them. Because you know what? Athena Research shows that veterans are more productive, more loyal once mm. they get in a job that that, that that matches their purpose and, and promise and potential, right? right? That they strengthen the productivity of the civilian workforce. So employers have a lot to gain by becoming veteran ready and you know what our economy will be stronger and our veterans will contribute not only in the workplace but also the community in which they live right okay veterans are the softball coaches the volunteers in your church they vote they take they take care of neighbors who've had surgeries i mean veterans are civic assets and they also help strengthen the the workforce in which they the place in which they work. And then, third, clergy. Okay, if forty percent of our uh, post our service members post military have difficulty getting in touch with their spirituality, and much of what ails us, much of what we struggle with, is how to be. Learn that faith and understand how to um, uh, incorporate faith into your life to help you heal. And so what I'm excited about and what we are working really strongly about in Arizona is to develop military veteran ministries inside places of worship led by volunteers, prepared volunteers. These volunteers aren't nurses, chaplains, therapists, counselors. They are people who love our military and want to walk alongside them offering practical and spiritual support. This is done certainly in partnership with the the clergy, okay? But the clergy are overworked, underutilized already, right? So let's find a volunteer inside the congregation who wants to take on this labor of love and support military connected people in mostly practical ways, but also spiritual ways. You know, praying with someone, helping them understand the scripture that can help them, that help them heal. Moral injuries, PTSD, as you know, Athena, yep. spirituality heals all. I know you have some experience with um healing PTSD through spirituality. So again well, and a-
0: through and and I'll clarify that through Jesus. Well, yes, I, I mean there's I mean I've I've seen veterans get uh roped into shamanism and all sorts of Whoa. other things that promise them healing from their PTSD and it really Um, doesn't work. So, you know, just the whole idea. I love that idea of incorporating in the faith community, um, small groups or volunteers that really make this a priority. That is brilliant. And that's a, a whole kind of separate ministry to the training up of uh, civilians to under, right? Aren't those two different things? Well, the, the idea of a veteran champion
1: is a, is a civilian, someone who's never served, who, who understands a little bit about military culture, who understands a little bit about some of the common consequences of military service or the aftermath of war, and who has ready resources on hand to offer additional support to someone who might need it. So a veteran champion learns a little bit, has some unique insights and acts proactively in ways that someone who doesn't have the knowledge or insight might act. And so a civilian veteran champion can promote the quality of life of our veterans and can strengthen the workforce and our communities just by getting engaged and thereby creates the win-win. You're creating a winning opportunity for the veteran, and you're also
0: creating a winning opportunity for the civilian. So that civilian veteran champion may or may not be that volunteer in the faith community. Right. There will be, you want those um, kind of characteristics in that volunteer. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, that may not be the same person. That's, that's a whole nother just reaching into the faith community and creating these uh, opportunities for ministry. I mean, that's a great opportunity for someone that's looking to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus within the church.
1: Abs- absolutely. And, you know, this is an ideal role for a military mom or a military spouse who's a civilian. Certainly a veteran or a service member would be a great person to be this volunteer ministry leader. But the larger notion is how can we as a society, as civilians who benefit so much from the sacrifices of the service member veteran and their families, you know, how can we give back in meaningful ways, be it as a physician, behavioral health provider, employer, or volunteer military ministry leader, what can we do to offer meaningful support beyond saying thank you for your service, beyond a care package? Okay, now care packages are wonderful, but it's through the, the building of trusting relationships, yes, trusting supportive relationships, consistent relationships where the healing occurs. And that's really the 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 bottom line um, is to you know help help our service
0: members, veterans, and their families heal and come all the way home. Amen, amen. So um, you shared with me uh, when I met you in Arizona at the women's conference. Um, you shared with me um, the book that you wrote, and uh, tell us a little bit about that and why you wrote it. The title is
1: Beyond Thank You for Your Service: The Veteran Champion Handbook for civilians. It is available for purchase on Amazon. I wrote it because of my personal and professional experiences cultivating civilian veteran champions. You know, my unique lens on life because of all the moving I'd done. By the age of 35, I'd lived in 20 different communities. Wow. That's just communities, Athena. That's not even houses. Okay. Right. Right. Right? And, um, and so I started to understand that I've had kind of a kind of a, a unique life, and and then I really so profoundly appreciated what some civilians are doing with just a little bit of guidance. And so it was such a pleasure to showcase about twenty veteran champions, employers, lawyers, healthcare providers, educators, community leaders, and clergy. to to showcase all those great civilian champions, veteran champions and what they're doing and then offer practical tips for anybody else, even neighbors, practical Mm -hmm. tips for what you can do to start building those trusting relationships and offer meaningful support to bring our veterans
0: all the way home. So that is the educational piece that people need to get their hands on so that they can see, oh, this is how you do it. Because oftentimes civilians, we don't know what we don't know, right? And we need an example and some suggestions. So that sounds like a great resource.
1: Thank you. Just real quick, a a physician who was uh, the president of the Ohio State Medical Association said that prior to getting an invitation from the Ohio National Guard to learn more, he had no understanding whatsoever about what military people go through. And once he spent some time with us, was on the TRICARE Working Group, he went back to his organization and proposed legislation to increase access for veterans, to increase funding at the VA. And he was so gratified to be able to serve the military population in that way And you'll read about him in the book. And he says, you know, most of us are just so busy in our daily lives that unless we take the time to learn, um, you know, we're missing great opportunities that are right in front of us to make meaningful contributions to other people. I mean, that is just such a great testimony to to what's possible. And you know what? You don't have to be a community leader, an elected official, a doc, a lawyer to make a difference in someone's life. We all have a role and can do meaningful things, just coming alongside somebody and thanking them for their service, but going beyond that too. That's really
0: important. Amen. So as we kind of wrap this up, tell me what is one of your most memorable experiences while working with civilian veteran champions?
1: There's two, if I may share. Yes. Okay. We- one is a, a small business um, owner from Pro. She uh, is you know, kind of a kind of has kind of a timid personality. And she hired veterans because they love to serve people and don't mind getting their hands dirty. How cool is that? Right. (laughs) She had a a subordinate, a guy who, you know, can be in your, you know, military people can be very direct Mm -hmm. and can kind of, you know, be a little gruff in their communication style. Right. Well, she was struggling with that. And so she hired a coach for this guy because she believed in his potential and kind of helped take off some of the rough edges. So that was a good investment. Then she hired another person and was frustrated with sort of some of their accountability, um, you know, taking doctors, taking time for doctor's appointment and follow through. And she asked me, a wonderful Christian lady, she says, how much grace do I offer? Mm. And I said, you know what, you need to expect your people to show up to work prepared to perform the job. And it's okay and reasonable for you to expect them to be accountable and to hold them accountable. And then recently, I learned that this first employee is now purchased his own Serve Pro franchise. Wow. So I mean, it's just a heartwarming success story. She helped that guy transition the first employee. And do well, do well enough that he decided, you know what, I want to do this for myself. So that was one really great story, I thought. And the other one is uh, a Catholic deacon. Okay. In the Ohio National Guard, we hosted events, trainings, and had working groups, military civilian working groups, so we could learn from each other about how to address the needs of military populations inside places of worship. He started A non-denominational program uh, in in Delaware, Ohio, where he paired newly transitioned veterans with veterans who had transitioned several years ago from the same service. But the really touching part, and it, it was very successful, the really touching part of this was after he'd been to like two or three or four trainings, he came to me and he said, am I prepared to do this? What else do I need to know? And I said, you know what, Deacon, we have given you everything we know how to provide you as far as skills and tools. I said, you are ready to go. My best, my best advice to you is lead with your heart. And you know what? He did. And he is now trying to engage the, the local seminary. And he's engaging more and more deacons in the Catholic diocese and he's in his region. And he just has h- such a heart for military people. And he says, you know, military people aren't, aren't, aren't special snowflakes. They're like anybody else who might be struggling with marriage difficulties or financial difficulties or emotional difficulties. They just happen to be those really honorable people who chose to raise their right hand and sacrifice to, uh, for us to protect our freedom. So I just remember it like yesterday when, 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 de- when the deacon called me and said, you know, what else do I need to do? Am I prepared? And you know what? He he was prepared. He is prepared. And now he's making a huge difference, broadening the understanding about military ministries and getting more and more of the Catholic diocese, in this case, involved.
0: Well, I just love that it's such a um, compelling uh, and the opportunity is so huge. It is to be able to i mean even as an evangelism i mean not yes. not necessarily going and you know beating people up with a bible but right. being jesus right. his, being jesus hands and feet serving yes, loving yep you know
1: and and it's and it's i, I just have to say this it's tr- it's really critically important because we as a nation do not have a national strategy right. a comprehensive holistic strategy for, for for helping our service members transition home. And that is just a real unfortunate statement. And yeah. so if if every single one of your listeners, I, I, I challenge you, I encourage you, I implore you to figure out ways that you can learn more either by reading my book or by asking, you know, appropriate levels of curiosity questions to the veterans you know, taking a sincere interest, asking what you can do, and then doing
0: it mm. right following through
1: the, oh, your, absolutely. the veterans in your community
0: will really appreciate it well i just love that i mean when you first when i first met you and you told me the name the title of your book i'm like yes because anybody can say thank you for your service yeah, but that yeah. just has to get to a point where it's like well Come on. What, and, what let's see some action to your words? And and you get it more than most
1: because of your involvement in Point Man Ministries and how you helped veterans, uh, Vietnam veterans heal. And so I congratulate you and thank you from the bottom of my heart, Athena, and your and your former husband for, for for you know being veteran champions and helping helping them heal. It's just it's just really important. Everybody can do something. You don't have to run a nonprofit. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be an employer or, you know, a physician. Just, um, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus and go out and support our, our military connected people across the nation. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, I would think that would be the kind of prayer that God would want to answer if you just said, OK, Lord, show me who to talk to. Nice. Show me what. Open a door for yes. me. Show yes. Show me. Show me how to do this, because you know some people might want to go down to the VA and and get to know some of the people sitting in the waiting room. Someone else might, you know, there's so many different things that we could do based on our personality and the way that we are gifts and our and the way that we serve. So I just want to encourage those who are listening to really commit. It's your gifts. Commit the idea to prayer and Mm -hmm. say, Lord, how could I answer that call to be a champion for those that have served our country. I love well what you've created, my friend. Oh, thank you. I appreciate so, you taking interest. You bet. So if people listening want to um, connect with you, do you have a website they can go to or somewhere on social media? The the biz- My business is
1: called Vanguard Veteran and the website is vanguardveteran.com. Please connect with me on Facebook. Instagram or on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, it is Lieutenant Colonel Kathy lowry Gallowitz and or Vanguard Veteran. I have a newsletter. I'd love to add you to it to kind of keep you um, keeping top of mind awareness about the needs of the military population and how you can offer support. It's just easy for us to forget we just assume that veterans have all the support they need and are coping effectively. But, ladies and gentlemen, it ain't so right. Yeah. You taking a special, warm, sincere interest and in going beyond thank you for your service will help really heal and maybe even transform a life. Mm.
0: I love that. So we're going to put all of that information in the show notes So people know how to get to your website, how to find you on social media. And we just thank you so much. Thank you. Well, this sounds kind of trite for me to say thank you for your service. Since you're a veteran. Um, But thank you for all that you've done to create that place of healing that will come from people really stepping up and
1: God, God placed this on my heart and it, it truly is my life calling and I and I hope my gift and my legacy that I can leave. Um, but please, everyone who's listening, please do your part and be a part of the win. Amen.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media, and even maybe leave a review of the podcast on Apple. And I would love to have you connect with us on the Redemption Press Facebook page, where every Tuesday through Saturday at 3 p.m. Pacific, I go live talking about the spoken word about the written word. The link is in the description. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.